Well, today's scripture reading comes from uh, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. We're going to read chapter 6, verse 2 in the ESV. uh, There are ESV Bibles in the back if you want to grab one. Um, Feel free to grab those before service as well. Um, But if you have your own Bible or Bible app, you can look that up right now. We'll also project it behind me. For those at home, it might be easier to look it up on your own. Sometimes it's kind of hard to read on your screen. Again, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. And want to encourage you, uh, once you're ready to read the scripture, to please stand as able if you're joining us here in person or if you're comfortable doing that at home. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, friends, uh, today uh, we are continuing kind of this, uh, it's not like really a sermon series, but I've been thinking about the summertime as uh, speaking on things that I need to be reminded of personally. And so I've kind of been speaking from that place to, to share with you maybe some truths that uh, we might have heard before, uh, but maybe for you, it, it'll be helpful to hear them again or to hear them in a new way. Um, and I want to encourage you uh, to, to kind of have an open mind and heart because I, I think today, uh, today's message, uh, I, I think is, again, it's something I really, really needed to hear. Um, but I think it's the kind of message where it's like, can be like almost too obvious and you just kind of hear it and you're just like, oh, okay, and, and, and like you, you kind of miss the significance. And, and so I just want, want to, you know, like just be prayerful um, to let God speak to you, you know. And, and I have to say that I, I think there's a lot of truths like that, especially if you've like grown up in the church or you've been going to church for a while, or maybe even if you've been going to LGM for a while, you know, sometimes my messages can sound similar because, hey, you know, I only have so many words. I only have so many life experiences, right? And so I, I think sometimes we're in the danger of, you know, like kind of falling into that trap of only paying attention to what's novel and new, you know, but sometimes these truths, you know, they're timeless and they're things we need to hear. And something as simple as like, God loves you, right? It can be so simple. And yet, man, that is just like, it's so amazing to think that an infinite God, what does that mean? God, God in all of his infiniteness loves you. You think about like how wonderful love is. Have you ever been in love with someone and it's just almost like nothing else mattered? Do you ever remember like your first love or the first time where, where you felt love or the first time where, where someone said that they loved you and the kind of fireworks that went off in your soul? I don't know if you guys have experienced that yet. If you haven't, don't worry. It'll come. <laughs> but if you ever have, you know, man, that is like a life-changing thing, right? And you know, especially if it's somebody that you esteem, someone you think who's, you think they're beautiful, or you think they're really smart, or you think they're really awesome. Can you imagine God in all of his greatness telling you, I love you, right? And friends, um, you know, it's those kinds of truths, right, that I think really kind of like uh, can really revitalize us if we can receive that in the right way. And so today's message, uh, again, it's one verse, it's like very, very like easy to get the meaning, hopefully. 
Uh, but let's take a look at this again. It says, for he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What, what is that talking about? So there's this idea, uh, I think, from the Old Testament that, you know, it's not always a favorable time, right? I mean, especially if you're the people of Israel, if you know their history. Like last week, we talked about lamentations and the idea that the people of Israel kept getting conquered by different nations and different empires, and that the Babylonians kind of like, you know, kind of finished them off, like finished off the kingdom of Judah and, and took the remnants of the people back to Babylon with them and destroyed the walls of Jerusalem. They completely raised the temple. And it, it was like, like just like an awful, awful thing that like nobody wanted, right? And there were so many times where the people of Israel were like, what did we do? God, what did we do? We must have done something. And there definitely was a sense like, man, we have sinned against God right? That God's favor is not on us, right? We're not being blessed. We're being cursed. We're being punished, right? And, and so definitely, friends, that has not always been the case, that they felt like it's a favorable time. There, there's definitely times where they didn't feel like God was listening to them. There are probably times where they were praying to God, and they're praying all the time, and it just kind of felt like, you know, just God wasn't there, you know? And so, uh, you know, that definitely wasn't true either, Right? In a day of salvation, I have helped you, right? Do you think people have always felt like God has been helping them, right? And so now here it says, behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Right now, right now, right now. What time is it? It's like 11.45 a.m. What's today's date? June 4th, right? And 11.40, I don't know, maybe it's 11.46, I don't know. In 15 seconds, someone was like, yeah, it's actually 11.46, right? Right now, guys, right now. That's what scripture is saying. Now, right now is the favorable time. Right now is the day of salvation. Again, these are truths that, that maybe you hear and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 of course, of course. Yeah, Steve, that makes sense. But if you think about it for more than two seconds, you think a little bit deeper, I think most of us don't believe that. Like, like, we don't actually believe that right now is a favorable time for us, where God's face is shining on us, bless you, where God is blessing us. We don't really believe that. We don't really believe that this is a time where you can be saved, right? I'm not just talking about being saved, like, like at the end of your life, right? I'm not just talking about going to heaven after you die. It is that. It is that. But that you can experience deliverance from whatever like crappy situation you're in, right? I don't know, maybe there's like mental illness or profound loneliness or you just feel like disconnected. You just feel like something is off, right? Right now that can change, right now. Do you believe that? Because again, friends, I think most of us really don't believe that. I mean, most of us like, I, I think we're, we're like waiting for something. We think it's gonna come in the future, right? Like, like, so, you know, like, like, maybe we think when everything in my life has kind of calmed down, like right now it's kind of a chaotic time, but, you, you know, like if my job situation works out, 
right? Like maybe some of you are looking for a job or the job you have, you don't like it, right? Or maybe there's something at work that hasn't resolved itself. If that works itself out, then, then I can start to feel better, right? Then things are going to be good. Then I'll feel blessed, right? If I find that significant other, right, and they look at me with that gaze of love, then, then everything is going to be good, right? If my parents would just get off my back, right, if my kids would just listen to me, or if my spouse would change, or, you know, a boyfriend or girlfriend, like, like, if they would just, like, just one or two things, you know, they're, like, almost perfect, they're almost there, but if we could just change just a couple things, and then, and then it'll be smooth sailing, like, everything will be good. Don't you feel like that? Right? Like, like if just one, one or two things could happen. Like, I'm not asking for much. I just need something, but it's not here yet. And maybe even spiritually, right? Like, we don't feel okay, right? Like, friends, again, it's a very short verse, so I know I feel like I'm repeating myself, but this idea, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Do you believe that even spiritually? Or I think for much of religion... We have made it sort of like a mountain that needs to be climbed, right? You're not there yet, right? Like we need to do something in order to please God, right? Or to feel more spiritual. You know, there's some of us that are like, man, you know, like, like I'm not praying every day. I'm not reading the Bible, right? If I could only get that solved in my life, if I was like reading the Bible, if I knew more Bible, you know, like, oh man, like, like I don't go to church all the time, but if I go to, go to church every day. And maybe some of you have been going to church your entire life, but you're like, oh, I'm still not there yet. There's still something I lack, you know? And, and, and this idea that it's out there, right? Like, like, so you may, like, think that you're saved, but do you really believe that you have everything you need now for your healing in Christ? To be full, right? The, the, the word salvation, it really just means deliverance. And that there has been, uh, I think, this implication in salvation um, of healing. That that for a lot of us, you know, it it is a sense of wholeness, right? In the Bible, there's so many different words for this kind of state of being, like, profoundly okay. Um, In Hebrew, probably the most common word for that is shalom, right? It's, It's what we commonly translate as peace, but it's more than just peace. It's just this state of being whole. Like everything in the world is right as it should be, right? And, and uh, uh, there's also a word um, that gets used in the, the New Testament often, uh, righteousness, right? This idea that everything is right. It's not that you're doing everything perfectly, right? Because again, I think that some of us, we think that if I could do everything perfectly, like, oh man, if I could stop sinning, right? That bad habit. If I could stop yelling at my kids or losing my temper when I'm in traffic, or if I could stop looking at those bad images, you know, on the computer, like whatever it may be, those things that are just kind of like, ah, it's just off, right? Like I'm not in a a, a state of peace, right? There's something I'm lacking and I need something else. If I could do that, if I could figure it out, right, then I could get to the place where God is like, pleased with me, where I can feel like everything is okay, where, where I can feel blessed, I can feel like things are right. But friends, why? Why is it different now? Why does it say, why does it say now is the favorable time? 
Because definitely, if you look through the Old Testament, the people in the Old Testament had plenty of reasons to believe that it wasn't the favorable time, like we do now, right? Like, what has changed? Okay, maybe none of us have been, you know, at, at least not yet. I, I, I hope this will never happen, that a conquering army will come and destroy our church, <laughs> you know, and destroy our nation and march us off and make us, you know, become captives in another country. I hope that doesn't happen, right? So it's not the same, clearly, but we still go through problems today, right? Just like they went through problems back then, you know? And maybe some of you, you, you have this feeling like, man, I just, I just kind of like feel like I'm cursed, you know? I don't really feel like I'm blessed all the time. Like, man, I, I just feel like I have so many problems, you know? Um, but, but for the people of Israel, it always was this kind of feeling of like, we did something wrong. God's mad at us, right? But what, what has changed, friends? What has changed for Paul that he can say, now is a favorable time? What has changed? Guys, nine times out of ten, I got to tell you, the answer is Jesus. <laughs> Maybe ten times out of ten. <laughs> Jesus, right? That's what's changed, right? So Jesus has come. Jesus gave his life for us, right? He lived the perfect life, right? And Jesus was God, right? We know that. But he became a human, right? And he did this thing where he is trying to bring heaven to earth, right? It's not that we are just waiting until we die and then everything will be better, right? But Jesus' task was to bring heaven here. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was trying to bring heaven here, right? He was trying to bring the, the reign of God here. He was trying to bring God's righteousness, his rightness, his shalom, his goodness here, now, right? And, and that is true. And, and, and we know that because Jesus paid the cost, right? So friends, you do not have to pay the price anymore. This is the gospel. This is the good news, right? You cannot earn God's righteousness. Amen? Can I get an amen? There's nothing you can do. Reading the Bible more, it's not going to make you more righteous. Do you know that? Not in God's eyes, right? Now, can it align you more with God? Are there benefits to it? Yes. But is it making you more righteous? Friends, think about that. Think about the way that you've thought about the Bible. Don't you think, or like at least I did, I always thought like, no, I got to read the Bible more. There's something wrong with me, right? Again, what is that energy? Like, why are you reading the Bible? For me, oftentimes, I read it because I was guilty. I read it because I felt ashamed that I wasn't reading it enough, right? I didn't read it out of spirit of love, like, oh, man, like, I really want to know this God more. It was like, dude, I'm like a bad Christian if I don't read this, right? I don't know about you, but that's the energy. Or prayer. Like, this beautiful gift that we have of prayer, which is awesome. Guys, I hope you know I'm not telling you to not read the Bible. I'm not telling you to not pray. These are good things, very good things. However, praying does not make you more liked by God. God doesn't suddenly say, well, now, okay, now you're okay. Now I'll bless you. Now you can be at peace. What has given that to us? What has given us access to God? 
that, that, that we don't have to do something in order to, um, you know, a, a approach God or, or make ourselves more holy, right? Because if you guys remember that this was the old sacrificial system, the idea that you were s- sinful, right, and you committed these sins, so therefore you had to give a sacrifice, right? Like, like a dove or a goat or a lamb, and this had to die, and you had to kill it, and, and the, the priests, they would take the blood and they would spill it over the altar. And this idea was that this blood would cover your sin and then you would be forgiven, right? And not only that, like, you'd be forgiven, but kind of forgiven, right? Like, forgiven for a little bit, right? But you have to do it continually, again and again and again. You didn't just do one sacrifice and be like, okay, I'm done, drop the mic, I'm out of here. You have to keep coming back. Right? And not only that, there was a high priest. And the high priest was the only one who could approach the actual presence of God. Everyone else could not approach the presence of God. Right? And this high priest, once a year, would go into the Holy of Holies, and then they would give the sacrifice of a perfect lamb, perfect animal, right? And that would be for all of the people. But again, they did that once a year. They had to do it again and again and again. But when Jesus died, Right? You guys have heard me talk about this before, but I want this to sink in to your heart and soul. If you guys remember, what happened to that curtain that separated us from the Holy of Holies? What happened? It got torn. I mean, I'm sure it was a nice curtain. I, I've never seen the curtain, but I'm sure it's a beautiful curtain. right? And it's like th- this wall. Like, God, holy, oh, human beings, you stink. You're ugly and smelly, and you'll never be good enough. You're out here, holy of holies, oh, human beings, stinky, smelly. Do you guys get it? There's a separation. And a lot of us, we still feel that. But when Jesus died, the curtain got torn. It got torn from where? Did a human being come and tear it? No, got torn from the top to the bottom. De- Deborah was going to say it, <laughs> right? They got torn from the, top to the, from the top to the bottom because it's God who did it, right? The message is clear. Oh, man, it would have been so radical, right, for Jewish people to hear this, like, whoa, 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 that curtain got torn, like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding? This is the access we have to God now. Why? Was it because we suddenly started acting right? No. It is because of what Jesus did for us. Jesus died. He was the perfect sacrifice. He lived the perfect life. And now we have this access to God that is unfettered, unmitigated by nothing else. I mean, friends, there are many, many reasons to come to church, right? But it's not to get access to God. I hope you guys know that, right? Are you going to find God here? Yes. But are you going to find God at home? Are you going to find God in your bathroom? Are you going to find God in your living room? Are you going to find God in in, in your bed? Are you going to find God when you're at school? Are you going to find God on the highway? The answer is yes. He is available. He is so available. He is so freely available. And you don't need to do these things to get access to him. You can have it now. But why don't we? Why don't we, friends? Why do we constantly change 
the, 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 the way of thinking, even the idea of salvation, we have punted it into the future. We made it a moment that we can access like through faith, right, which is true, right, that, that if you believe in Jesus, you know, you're not going to die, and then you're going to get to go to heaven after you die. That's true, right? But when you see most of the language about salvation, it is not about something that happens in the future. It's about something that happens now, something you are experiencing now. That's why it says, now is the day of salvation. Is tomorrow the day of salvation? You know, hundreds of years from now, 20 years from now, when Jesus comes again, now is the day of salvation because now is the day you can be delivered. Now is the day where you can access God and you can know profoundly that it is okay. You are accepted by God, you are loved by God, and you now live in the kind of world where you do not have to worry anymore. You don't need to impress God anymore, right? I hope you will learn what it means to become more like Jesus. But friends, please do not make any mistake. You don't need to do that to please or impress God. You get to do that. It's a blessing. He wants you to love people more, but not to impress him. He wants you to love people more because that's who God is. It's the best possible life. A life of blessing is a life of blessing. It's a life where you're going to be blessed. A life of love is a life of love. If you are loving people, then you are in the love of God. It is the best way of life. We do that because we get to do that. We don't do that because we have to do that in order to not go to the bad place, right? And so, friends, there is something within us, man. I, I got to tell you, even for me, there's so many times where it's just always like I'm thinking about what I'm not doing, right? And when I'm thinking about what I'm not doing, there is like this spirit, this feeling of like condemnation. You guys feel that? Like that feeling of like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just oh, this isn't it. There's something wrong with me, right? And, and, and it always comes back to what? What I have to do. I got to do something, and I'm not doing it. Therefore, I'm bad. I'm wrong. And, and this is com coming from someone who accepted Jesus in 1989, right? I came to know Christ when I was in middle school, right? And I experienced a moment of salvation then, but I got to tell you, I got to experience a moment of salvation again. Right? I need to experience it again and again and again. And one of the things that I think is one of the uh, 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 tragedies of our modern Christian age is we think of salvation as something that only happens once. Right? Well, because it only has to happen once. We know that because Jesus paid the cost, of course. But I am a human being who's stuck in so many patterns. Right? And my patterns are always telling me I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I messed up again. And so I have to experience that truth again and again. And when can I experience that? I can experience that right now. I can experience it every day. I can experience it in almost any moment. But why don't I? Well, friends, um, I want to point to probably the most uh, famous scripture when it comes to salvation right? Um, but besides John 3.16, that, that's the most famous. This is the second most famous. <laughs> Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, 
not a result of works so that no one may boast, right? How are you saved, friends? How are you made right with God? It is a gift of God. It is the work of God. You didn't do it. You can't do anything about it. All you can do is receive it. How? By faith, which is what? Trust. You trust it, right? You let that truth into your soul. It's not just in your mind. I don't know why we just made it our mind. When we make it our mind, I think we cheapen it in some ways. We make it just something like, yeah, 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 I know this. I know this, Steve. Like, like hey, you know, you don't have to tell me this again. But are you living in that reality that you are saved? You are with God. Everything is profoundly okay, right? God likes you. He doesn't just like you. He loves you. He accepts you. There's nothing wrong with you right now in this moment. Friends, I I know this is so radical. And even for us in the church, the idea that there's nothing wrong with you right now in the eyes of God, even with all of your problems. Remember, we talked about two things can be true at the same time. Yeah, you got problems. You got things that God wants to work on, right? I say this almost every week, this, this truth. God loves you and accepts you exactly as you are, but he loves you enough that he doesn't want to leave you there. So some of us, we have anger issues, or we have deep trauma, right? Or we have these patterns that we are living out all the time that we don't like. Do you ever have a moment where you just explode, like something comes out of you and you didn't want to do it? You don't like that about yourself. Maybe like for parents, like I've talked to so many parents, so common when you snap at your kids, you yell at your kids and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? It just came out of me. I like almost couldn't help it. There are these times where I get so angry, I like hit something, and I'm like, why did I do that? I don't want to hurt my hand. Why did I do that? But it just comes out of me. I can't stop it. And, and this idea of like, okay, that's not great. And, and some of us are like, yeah, Pastor Steve, like, like, it's something that needs to be fixed. Yes, that's true. But it's not something that changes how God feels about you. Right? You can have your imperfections, And yet, God loves you and accepts you exactly as you are. He doesn't want you to get so angry that you just yell at your kids and you traumatize them. He doesn't want that. God doesn't want you to get so angry that you're pounding the door of your car so hard that you're worried that you, like, really, really screwed up your hands. He doesn't want that, right? God doesn't want any of those things. But it doesn't change how he feels about you because it's not about what you did anymore. It's the new identity that is given to you as a gift through Jesus. God can look at you and say, I loved you and accept you 100%. There is nothing wrong with our relationship right now. You can experience this rightness. And in this rightness, I can help you. And I can help you to know that the way that you're going to change and grow, you're going to have supernatural resources. You're not going to do this on your own. Because what happens is when we don't have that energy, when we don't know that we are right with God, then you feel distant from God. Now, how are you going to fix your life? You're going to do it all on your own, out of your own strength. And you're going to do it in a spirit of shame and hiding and guilt, right? It's going to be this, oh my gosh, like I need to do this because I suck. And and because I suck so bad, I got to do better, right? And it's out of this kind of energy instead of like, God, like, wow, that's so amazing that you still love me. Like, I know I'm kind of screwed up. But wow, 
Like, this is so cool that, 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 that you're, I'm still acceptable to you. I don't need to cower in fear anymore. I can look straight at this gaze of love and be like, man, it is profoundly okay. I can even laugh at myself a little bit when I feel that and just be like, right now, right now, it's okay. It's not going to be okay like after I repent and do all this stuff and then make it better and then like, like suddenly feel better because now I figured it out. Now I got myself out of this pit. No, right now, even when you're screwing up, it can be profoundly okay. And that energy, friends, in that spirit, I think God can help us. But what do we need to get rid of? What does it say here? This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This is something, friends, that it's so insidious. It is just so a part of human nature that a lot of us, we don't even realize this. Uh, We kind of demonize it, right? We make it like this really bad thing, like, oh my gosh, I'm so prideful, right? But I want to tell you, this is just human nature. We like to think that we're doing it on our own. I think this is the way a lot of us approach spirituality. And everything that I just said, maybe it sounds like so radical, this idea that you don't need to read the Bible to get God to like you. You don't need to pray to get God to like you. That's not why you're doing it, right? But for some of us, friends, it is so in, like, ingrained in us. We really feel like it is, right? Like, I gotta do it. I have to be the one who reads the Bible and does this really hard thing. I, I know there's some, some of us, I, I was like this too. I used to brag to people like, I read the entire Bible in one year. Oh, you want a cookie, Steve? Like, good for you. Does God care that you did that? Is that going to make, like, oh, man, you know, Jesus died on the cross for all your sin, but Steve read the Bible in one year. Like, oh, that, that trumps it, right? Now I like you more, Steve. Like, come on, right? But I think for some of us, we want to boast, We want to feel good about ourselves. We want to feel like we did it. And there is something about humility that we don't actually like. And it is the idea of humiliation. This idea, I don't get to feel good or feel really awesome because I'm awesome. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Because this is one of the mysteries. You are a human being who's sinful and broken. You cannot save yourself. None of us can. It is solely the work of God. And yet, what happens when we trust in what God is doing in us? Now we have access to God. And we find this new truth, which is what? You are a child of God. You are, in a way, part divine. Does that sound weird? That's part of your nature now. You are not God. God, Only God is God. But this is what God is trying to give you, part of his divine nature. It's mind-blowing. He wants to make you so good and so glorious and so approved by him You are special, but not because you are special. Does that make sense? You are special, but not because you are special. It's something that God just gives you, and all you can do is receive it. We're all living our lives, right? We're competing against people. 
or trying to get good grades. Like, who of you wants the class where the teacher comes and says, hey, you know what, everyone's going to get the same grade this year, right? Like, oh, you got all the answers right? You got all the answers wrong? Well, you guys both get the same grade. Do you, any of you want that? No. Not if you're getting all the answers right. If you're getting all the answers wrong, maybe you do want it. <laughs> but if you're getting all the answers right, you don't want that. You want to boast. Hey, I did a good job. I want a pat on the back. I want some recognition that I'm good, right? If some of us feel like we're winning at the game of spirituality, this is why it was so hard to reach the Pharisees because they were good at the game of spirituality. They did read the Bible. They did, like, you know, do a lot of these religious things, right? They went to the temple every day, and they're like, we want some credit for this. And Jesus says, no credit. <laughs> That's not how you get approved, right? You see this tax collector, this traitor to the people of Israel? I love that person just as much as you. And they're like, no, that can't be. That can't be. They hated that. They killed Jesus because of that, right? And friends, I think we have to be honest about how much we don't want to be saved by God, by his power, and not our own. If you can be honest about that, and by the way, that's why most of us, we reach these moments where we just know, where we experience grace when we are broken. When we tried to do it on our own, and we couldn't do it, and then we're just like, God, save me. I can't do it. Like, oh my gosh, like, like, I'm not a great father. I'm not a great husband. Like, I can't do it on my own. Like, I'm doing my best, but I screw up. Like, God, I just need you. And it's in those moments where maybe you'll get it. You'll get it in this moment. It's just a gift. You don't always need to cry because that becomes a game too, right? Where we're like, you have to be really, really sorry. And we think we're earning it again by, by how, how much we cry or how long we're on our knees. Friends, you can realize it in this moment. I, I think for me, um, there's this moment a few years ago, and I was listening to this person talk about this idea that who I am in God, it's just always just been given to me. I've known it my entire life, right? But in that moment, I needed to hear it again. I was just washing the dishes, and it was like, like nothing like the heavens didn't part or anything. I didn't hear angels, but it was just like this lightness in my soul. You know, and I just felt this joy. You know, I didn't cry, but I was just like, like it was almost like the, the, the shadows that were just kind of over me at that time in my life where I was just so focused on what I was doing wrong and just messing up and like, oh man, like I'm a pastor, but why do I have these temper problems? Why, why am I not satisfied with the life that I have? I should be thankful I live in America, like all this stuff, right? But all of a sudden it just was like, I'm a child of God. I have been made divine by God. That's amazing. And I was just washing the dishes, and even washing the dishes became enjoyable. Now, now is the hour of salvation. Now is the favorable time. God is looking on you, and he's smiling. God is looking on you, and he says, you're my child. And it's not because you earned it. It's because of what Christ has done. And if you can receive it, I can give you so much freedom. I can give you so much joy. And yes, we can go and we can fix some things, right? And we can go and we can do some awesome things for the kingdom. But you're not going to do it out of your own strength. 
right? You're not going to do it out of your own identity, right? We need that identity first. I want to go into our time of communion.